0: Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling.
1: Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs>
2: oh my God, that is funny. I don't remember asking you a thing. i funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you.
1: With all due respect, what the are you talking
3: about? Oh,
0: I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration?
3: What the is f- so funny about me? Tell me.
2: Tell me
4: what you represent. The idiocy of today. I did not know that.
1: English motherfucker. Do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That was my together. That my
5: my together. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant.
4: So that's that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Welcome back, Jackson Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. I Just met. Welcome the board. SP Futures up eighteen that features up 89, Dow features up 88 This after a massive, massive comeback in the market yesterday Did I say massive? It was a massive comeback From down 85 uh <clears throat> spoo points to like almost unchanged uh, I've seen one of those once in a while, but not very often Do we have Mr. Brendan with us?
6: Yes, I'm here, Chief. How are you this morning? I'm
4: doing alright. How are you? We, we slipped our way in good. Still uh, <clears throat> slip sliding away a little bit well, our is black we kind of faced the wrong way downtown here, but uh, we made it. <laughs> are you in Michigan or are you here?
6: Uh, we came over here because we have got a couple of things early this morning with uh, an architect visit later on today, so we came over yesterday.
4: Um, I'm sure we are so right. back
6: in Chicago this morning.
4: Um, building a uh, a massive res- resort like in Idaho or someplace to make good your escape?
6: Uh, it's in Michigan, it's not in Idaho, but we are building a new house over there next to the house we have now.
4: Well, yeah, everybody knows you need two houses.
6: <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's about the same size as the house we have there now, but, uh, it's nice that we can watch the construction going on while we're still there to make sure there aren't any problems.
4: Um, what was wrong with the old house?
6: Uh, it's got two stories. Oh. So we're we're putting everything on one story because we're projecting ahead. Hopefully it'll be another 15 or 20 years before we need it, but we'd like to have everything on one floor, including all the bathrooms. Right now the bathrooms are downstairs with the bedrooms and the living spaces upstairs. Uh, so, uh, um, uh. This all started because I wanted to have a garage to protect the car, and one thing led to another, so we're building a new house.
4: Um. Well, that, that happens. <laughs> well, it's not <laughs> like you sell the old house. What you, you know that problem. Yeah, so what do you do with the old one? We're going to sell it. Oh I man! It's no, it's not right next door. You can sell it.
6: It is right next door. It's on the lot exactly next door. We can see the new house under construction uh, right now all right. out our window. It's uh, probably like fifty feet away from so fifty.
4: So you 50 don't have, have like a. You, so you do not have like a, a two-acre lot. You can't separate, and you're building a house next to you, so you can tear the other one down. You're, you're building a new house; that can sell the old one.
6: No, yeah, but each each. Um, each site is a half acre with the house in the middle of it ah,
4: okay uh, so
6: they're they're clumped together in an angle so that uh, we're fairly close to a neighbor we're, we're clumped with three other houses uh in our in our little section of the development
3: you know Every uh, house
6: is on a standalone half acre well
4: you know it's uh i've met an awful lot of people um you know mostly through uh what well, a lot of what audrey does in her real estate a lot of it, you know her clients are people that are getting older downsizing this that the other thing and and i, w- I was wondering i mean that for commercial <clears throat> and that's obviously i don't need a new a new line of work but uh i always thought that uh if you could get the right architect i i wondered if you could actually build a you're talking about a ranch style home all on one floor basically right uh
6: well, we're referring to it as a courtyard. A, a 900 square foot courtyard in the middle where Dal's going to do her gardening. And, um, it's, so it's, it's all one level, but right. it can't be called a ranch because that's not the middle All right. Middle of the HOA rules.
4: <laughs> well, you can't call it a bungalow anymore so either, but, you know, it's a raised ranch. It's <laughs> not a bungalow. No. Right. So, but I'm saying you can't call anything a bungalow anymore either. It's all, it's all the semantics, shall we say. But what I always was wondering, Brent, if you got the right architect, if you could actually build a house, that was totally set up size-wise and everything for maybe some related living and for handicapped living, and nobody you, it was so much built into the house you wouldn't even know you did it. Where the showers were yeah. just that big, and all the doors were thirty-six instead of thirty-two uh or thirty, where the hell they are. I, mean, I think I think if you did it properly, you wouldn't even know, and yet it would be because you know, I mean, you know that so you don't necessarily, especially a guy who coaches marathon runners you don't have to be handicapped to to break an ankle <laughs> all of a sudden you that's can't right. go upstairs or can't get in a bathroom and uh you know I, I wonder if you could do that i bet you could do it for not that much money more than a regular house
6: well i think that's right and, and you do need to have the right architect and the right design and the right developer or builder to be able to, to do that but yes i think you can retrofit houses however the one we have now over in Michigan has two stories and there's no bathroom on the second floor so that that's a problem, we have yeah. to do a lot of reconfiguring and also getting up and down the stairs could be a problem and hopefully, like I said, hopefully it'll be at least 15 or 20 years before either one of us needs to think about something like that because we're still both fully ambulatory and healthy and um, but we're, we're kind of looking ahead, we don't want to have to, to build something at the very last minute, we want to enjoy what we're building
4: what, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig, I'm going to change subjects here on you, because I I know I know you're probably my most, uh, my least conspiratorial, least suspicious dude <laughs> that's on the show, but that, Well, thank you for saying that. Um, that doesn't make you right, uh, <laughs> just, just saying. Well, but it doesn't make me laugh, either. Right, it doesn't, it, it doesn't do something, we're, um, a, a, uh, it's almost sort of the same, uh, s- subject, uh... We have the, the the Fed is well the guy's coming in front of uh, uh, Congress uh this week, right? For his, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, I've noticed, and I don't know how far back I go. I'm probably not as far back on this as I probably should. Um, it seems like every time these guys have had a meeting lately, that that week they pour incredible amounts of money into the system and then maybe the next week or the week before, maybe the week after more often, they cut back a little bit to get down to their, their $130 billion number that they tell everybody. in Because the, they've had some $90 and $100 billion weeks. Yet at the end of the month, they always get it back down to where they say they're going to be or close to it. And I wonder yesterday, when the market was absolutely on its ass, and this guy's going in front of Congress, I think today or tomorrow, um... If they started pouring money in... Because something happened about 11 o'clock, man. All of a sudden, the bonds actually went went flying up. Now, which you wouldn't even be... This is the same thing that happened at the last meeting. When they came out and told everybody, look, we're going to start, you know, this many increases, and we're going to cut back on this. And anybody who listened to these guys at all was short bonds. And, of course, they rallied right up everybody's behind. Now, yesterday, the same thing happened. About 10 o'clock, all of a sudden, the the TLT, which is like the bond ETF, was down. All of a sudden, it started creeping up, and I'm thinking, I'm really glad I adjusted my positions when it was down because this thing's coming back. And sure enough, it did. Now, I didn't pile on and, you know, go buy a whole bunch of calls or anything. I mean, I obviously wish I could have or should have, but I did not. But, I mean, all of a sudden, you notice it's the same same pattern. Now, I'm going to say... That I, w- I would, wouldn't be a bit surprised, I'm not going to predict, that the same thing happens this week, that the market comes back while he's talking to Congress. And just so coincidentally, Federal Reserve Vice Chair Richard Clarita quietly admitted last month that he had failed to fully disclose financial trades in February 2020, and he resigned yesterday. Uh-oh. I, I, this, you know, I, uh, You know, in the midst of this massive, you know, the Democrats will not let go of this January 6th. It was was a horrible thing. I mean, um, and somebody got killed or a couple people got killed. I mean, there's no excuse for it. But, Brennan, somebody's got to put two and two together that a real lot of people in this country, and I'm not saying anybody should ever grab a gun or go run into Congress or any place like that. I don't think I'd ever do that. They have to understand how pissed off people are with this abortion called Washington. You can't get these people out of there. Nobody likes Schumer. Nobody likes McConnell. Nobody likes Nancy Pelosi. You can vote for your. I mean, in our area, well, we don't vote for. Bobby Rush who's quitting. Somebody's going to come in there. Let's let's say we elect a really good person. That person has less power than I do in Washington. We can't. We don't don't have any vote for any of this stuff. I mean, uh, I mean, you're an attorney. You're going to tell me. I mean, when when did Congress become? two people and the and 435, 4, 433 people, other idiots that what do? drink and work out all day and collect money? I mean, th- this, is it's, this a, is... it's
6: been going on for a while, but I would say, I can say you can point to 1995 when New Cambridge was the uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives. Really? And transforming the way that, yeah, transforming the way that uh, government worked. Now, I'm not saying that it worked efficiently before that time, but I think it took a big turn when Newt Gingrich came in in uh, the Speaker House in 1995 and started really uh, throwing a lot more bombs and, having, and really starting a polarization. And it increased a lot over the years with the diversification of and polarization of uh, right and left. The Tea Party came in, uh, then you've got the progressives on the other side, and nobody's talking to each other anymore. And we've talked about this in the past, that... It used to be that the representatives, when Congress was in session, would stay in session in Washington the entire time, however many weeks or months it was that they were in session. And they would argue on the floor, and they would also then go out for drinks or dinner afterwards and, and be friendly. It wasn't, uh, where well, you come into town on Tuesday morning, you leave home to so go back home to your district on Thursday afternoon, and you're working Suppose uh, supposedly working in meetings and things for Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, and then you don't get to know anybody else. I'll also say that it was a time before the nineties that uh, there was also a transformation in the people who comprised Congress in one respect. That up until that time, almost everybody in Congress had served in the military. So there was a common bond there that united them that they could agree upon from their experience. In the mid nineties and you know, roughly about the time that Clinton came in, because I think Clinton was the the first president who did not have military service uh, of some sort or another, um, and at that time, congressmen could, uh, congressmen and senators would, would uh, agree at least on the fact that the S.O.B. Uh, drill sergeant uh, made their life miserable while they were in basic training. And the well, uh, Re- level is now gone.
4: Reagan made war movies. did that count?
6: Yeah, of course it does. <laughs> No, you're right. Know, I was thinking as I made that comment. I was thinking about whether or not he had actually uh, been in service in World War II, because I knew he was making war movies. So he probably wasn't. But uh you know, it was a generational shift with Clinton because um, he came in uh, it, when he was 18, 19, or so. The, the draft was eliminated and went to a volunteer army. Um, so, uh, but I mean, the, the transformation was so many people were in the military. Up until that point, they had common grounds that they could talk to about some life experiences. We don't have that anymore. In fact, it's just the opposite. There's polarization on both parts and an unwillingness to talk.
4: Do you think Uh, uh, going forward that some sort of a uh, national service is a good idea?
6: Yes, I do. I I thought it was, even when I was a young kid, it wasn't available, and and I did not do that, but I do think it is. With some kind of national service, whether it's in the military or Peace Corps or... Uh, Americorps or something like that. Some common bond would be good for a year or two, um, and uh, so I think that, that that would be something good that everybody would go to. Not like the military draft, where uh, during the Vietnam era, if you were of a political of certain political persuasion, that means you had money, you could get your kid out of going to uh, into the military, while the lower echelon economically went into the military in higher numbers than than otherwise. Um, I, I mean, everybody universally go in and serve a year or two years, uh, some kind of public service.
4: You know, uh, Audrey's dad, when he's still alive, he was telling me, of course, if he was still alive now, he'd tell me the same thing. He claims that during World War II, the draft board was crooked then, too. You could buy your way out of it. Well, of course you
6: could. That, that's always been the case. I mean, you can go back to the Revolutionary War, you can go back to conscription in the, in the British Navy for years and years. But, uh, the lordsman would, would pay for a surf to take the place of his son as a, as a, a low level person on a, on a ship. And so, I mean, that's, that's nothing new. Well, I, lo- I do think that, um, uh, I, I think it would be, it would be beneficial to have some sort of, uh, unified service or uniform service for everybody.
4: What, uh, what do you, what do you make of, um, I, I was actually one of our our guys i don't don 't know if you got this we probably didn 't but uh sent around a uh, kind of a list of all the people that are involved in the, these insider trading things and it 's Republicans, Democrats, both sides of the aisle it 's the fed and uh i uh the the, the to- it seemed to me that the total degeneration of what I would consider right and wrong when did all this start did This all 'll start with Cheney I mean I remember before well, that my uh well, my buddy. Cheney,
6: Cheney with Halliburton was uh, was a, a, an egregious set of facts, and, and that I, I, mean, I think it was going on before that, but not to the extent that I thought it did with Cheney uh, uh, and uh, when he was vice president and his connections with Halliburton. So, yeah, I do think that was a big starting point, and I agree with you. It's it's horrific when you look at how many congressmen and judges, congressmen and senators. And judges and people in key positions, in groups in entities like the SEC or the FTC, are trading with insider information.
4: And they're prosecuting. Uh, and they're prosecuting other people. Yeah. At least wrap the charges against the other people. For God's sake.
6: I, I agree. If you're not going to hold, if you're not going to hold people like Weckler and Barr and uh, some of the people like the SEC commissioners, then um, then you can't. Continue your process against other people who don't have those political connections.
4: Well, I think probably back in the, in, in the day, this, this stuff was a little more silent. I mean, it's only if you kind of knew people you knew some of the stuff was going on. I, uh, mm-hmm. I will uh, kind of relate a story, and uh, this this happened to me personally. There was a was, was my the Yankees were in the World Series. It's my last year on the board, so it had to be ninety eight. Was that long-term capital? Was that 98? I think it was, wasn't it?
6: That oh. sounds about right. I think long-term capital was in that late 90s, early 2000s range. Right? So that could be about right.
4: So I, I, uh, I was a chairman of the marketing committee, so we rented a skybox. Well, there was no such thing as a skybox. We, the CBOE, uh, had a skybox, which actually was a private suite, behind the grandstand at old Yankee Stadium, so it wasn't much of a skybox, but they had good food and good booze, right, and they had the big TVs, and so I had to go out there for that because all the, the the member firm uh thieves were there, and then I was on the, CBOE was trying to buy the P Coast, right, so I was on that negotiating committee, so the next day I had to fly from New York to San Francisco, God, it's like flying to Europe, it's a long way, and, uh, it's like a six hour ride. If you got any kind of wind against you, it's, ugh. Anyway, so, but anyway, I'm out there and, uh, they had talked about a, a blast in the past. The SIBO uh, had offered and, and flew out Moose Scowren, of all people, to sign autographs wow. for these guys. And, uh, well, anyway, that's kind of a little separate story, but he, what a great guy. God, what a great guy. And, uh, so, we're sitting there and they just had this massive move in the market this week, something like yesterday. But the OEX uh was what was the market really in those days. Uh now it doesn't even really trade much. CBOE shot themselves in the foot on their own product, but they, it's another that's another four hour discussion. Um uh, anyway, the so the day before or the or the week before, we were down real heavy on a, on a Friday morning which was expiration, and then all because it is long term capital and it was the Russian debt and all kinds of crap was happening, and all of a sudden the Fed at ten o'clock in the morning the market started to turn. I kind of smelled a rat, so I I lightened up a little bit because I was short. Everybody was short, and but I never I, I all I trade was I went, wasn't all I traded. But I, tr- I stood next to the put guys, so basically I traded puts more than I did calls, and you uh, know I became a pretty good put trader because eighty percent of the trade was in the calls, and I stood next to the put guys. So it was a down day it was kind of my day. Uh So anyway, I'm trading them, and I'm, I kind of noticed a rat here. When, and then about ten o'clock. The Fed lowers the discount rate like in the middle of the morning on an expiration Friday. And I'm like, what the bleep? <laughs> so the market immediately turns around. A lot of people come in and bought these calls that were out of the money that all of a sudden weren't out of the money anymore. And a couple of friends that I'd known in the OEX forever essentially got carried out and never traded again, right? under 350 people in the mm-hmm. pit. And it was a pretty brutal day. I ended up... I think about even because I had, I had, I had, I had bought some calls to cover the puts I had and I made almost as much on the calls I lost on the puts. Anyway, so I was lucky enough to save my own ass basically. And so I get to Washington or New York and one of the guys from one of the firms comes over and he says, by the way, I have a friend at the Fed and he wanted me to ask you a question. And I'm thinking, where's this going? And I go, why me? <laughs> and he says, well, we all know you're an OEX o- trader and you're in there every day. And, uh, when that happened, um how many people got hurt and i said why exactly do they care <laughs> and he says well they like to know because um they essentially fed that information to the long you know long term capital people that were getting hurt probably wasn't them they didn't care about them a couple of the firms that evidently had big big exposure to long term capital and essentially <laughs> threw them a bone and they were in the the people in there buying the calls from the people in the pit oh. my friends so they essentially were able to cover you know some percentage of their losses by this move in the Fed and, f- oh. and so when, when, I'm, when I'm as cynical as I am Brendan it's it's for reasons like this so they essentially uh-huh. used the policy to turn around I don't who knows if it was Goldman it probably wasn't Goldman it was probably you know some bank or somebody who was out you know 20 million bucks and they, made, they let them make 10 million back essentially on the backs of the OEX traders and, uh,
6: well, speaking of cynicism and your cynicism position, what about the Bears and getting rid of pace and maybe we're getting near the end of October? I didn't. Well, I thought we would. We, I thought well, we what do a, you, what a, a do you a think of a, between what happened with the market yesterday and the Bears taking their action? Well,
4: they're, they're obviously connected. You know, the Bears firing their coach. <laughs> what, what do you think of a of a guy that? What is George McCaskey? I Matty mean, thinks I'm wrong on this, but I thought I, I read yesterday. He's been in charge twelve years, and this is his fourth general manager. But man, he says more like fifteen years. But I mean, do you think the guy could look at? I think it's more like
6: fifteen years, and it, 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 this is well, this will be a sport manager, right?
4: So you're guy, general you, manager. you guys are probably well. That 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 doesn't say much for your track record if you're him.
6: No. So I think you've got to complain to the owner to get him fired. But how is that going to work out? He's going to fire himself. <laughs> well, yeah, especially
4: when they're when they're going to are going to take over Arlington Park. You know. That's right. Somehow this whole yeah, thing...
6: I, I'm, what I'm most worried about is who he's got on this committee to find the new GM. Uh, you know, you've got the only football person, and when i look at this committee, I, I do not consider Ted Phillips or George McCassey football people.
4: No. But the only one
6: who's, who is identified as somewhat connected with football is Bill Collian, who hasn't been around in the NFL in a, in a meaningful position for 10 or 12 years. And wasn't he the guy who was also instrumental in finding both Navy and Case yeah, and yeah. John Fox and
4: yeah. part of that
6: whole thing when, when they got those guys? Yep.
4: Yeah, When what is a, what does the, 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 the diversity lady do all day?
6: Uh, well, I, I think in any big organization like that, there are quite a few things for a DEI person, diversity, equity, and inclusion person, to, to handle an organization like that in the transformation. But I'm not sure... What kind of input she would have with something football knowledge?
4: Uh, I if mean, you walk by, her, and I know, know your leadership standpoint. I know you're more into this than me. But if you walk by her desk at ten o'clock next week, what's she doing? What do you do? Uh,
6: I I don't know what she does. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, there are a lot of other people on the organizational chart that I wouldn't know what they would do. Either. Oh yeah,
4: I'm sure. I, mean, <laughs> I, I would agree with that. So the as of right now, they've got a whole bunch of people. Like half the team is is basically on less than con, not on contract next year. They got a bunch of guys retiring. Uh, they've got a couple of people who probably should retire, and they've got like three draft picks. So who who wants that spot?
6: Well, I think that's a, the biggest thing, the biggest scaling of, of Ryan Pace that he's traded away too many first and second round picks on uh, on deals that didn't work out. I mean, you could argue that. McClellan, that trade did very well, at least he did in 2018. But, you know, he's been out of action for more than half of the season. I think he missed 10 games this year, 8 or 10 games this year. Um, and that was two draft picks. There was two draft picks, two number one draft picks, for first-round draft picks for, um, for Trubisky. He traded up two draft picks to get field. Yeah. Uh, so the cover is bare. You know, he, he's put the Bears in a terrible position. Because his people haven't worked out and and, um, and and really badly because they can't fill any other positions like the. Well, even, if did, even if they did, if they did work the out of because of his mistakes.
4: Even if they did work out, the price is too high. You can't give up people in a seventeen-game season. Your depth is more important. than the That's right. Anyway, I think we and, and you can't bring it. And he may be
6: lucky to he found guys like Darnell Mooney late in the draft and you know Cody here further down than was expected. Boquan Smith. Uh, uh, Eddie Jackson. I mean, you saw some guys that that did pan out, at least for a couple of years. they must have walked in. They
4: were too few yeah. and hard. Yeah, the kids from Notre Dame, the center, walked down. They lucked out there. We got a dash, Brendan. Yeah. A good luck on the house, buddy. Talk at you next week. SP futures up 15. NZ futures up 80. Be right back, Stacks and Jackson.
1: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox.
4: Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar.
0: 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com CognosHR, Innovation and Human Resources, licensed in Illinois and Arizona Stocks jocks, and jocks,
4: Stocks and Jocks You are out of control Right here, right here, Right here, right now Welcome to Stocks and I'm Matt Weber on the board. Mr. Matt Weber and Assistant Eliani on the board. SB Futures up 1550, 15. Nasdaq Futures up 77. Uh, Eliani showed up this morning and this kind of still bitterly cold ice skating thing here and, uh, and she's doing a good job. She's training in, training in, which is a good thing. Uh, Dow Futures up 63, so we're bouncing back from yesterday. I'm going to say the S&Ps came back, uh, 80 points yesterday and I don't know they're 15, so we're probably uh, well, I don't know exactly, probably where we started the day before, which is pretty darn good considering how far we were down yesterday. We're in Europe, we got the DAX up 182, that's 1.1%, FTSE up 47.6, CAC around up 91.3, so these guys didn't make the comeback all the way yesterday, they're making up for it today. Uh, Asia, UK, these guys are going the other way. UK down 256.9%, Shanghai down 26.7%, uh, Hang Seng down 7, it's, let's call that unchanged. Uh, yesterday, as a way of review, the Dow was down one sixty-two, S and P was down six, the Nasdaq actually made it positive, uh, up six. And I'm going to say it was down two something at one point, uh, at least. Uh, bands uh, down one uh, one basis point to one point seven six or one point seven seven yesterday. So not much there. The uh, Bund minus point zero four only as it's trying to make its way to zero. Uh, Japan positive point one six again, which we haven't. It was positive 0.04 for literally years. Uh oil up a dollar sixteen seventy nine thirty nine trying to make it back to eighty Brent up one oh nine to eighty one ninety six natural gas down five cents four oh two Arbob up three cents to thirty we've got gold is up seven twenty it's through eighteen hundred eighteen oh six we'll see if it stays there this time silver up thirteen cents twenty two sixty copper up three cents four thirty eight and we've got Bitcoin up 371, trying to make a little bit of a comeback here. <clears throat> it's still under 42, 41,872. What do you guys got for us, Traffic Weather Sports?
7: Happy New Year, everyone. How are you?
4: We're doing good. Questions, how are you? We to somebody ran to you last week.
7: Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> God but uh, no, I'm doing. I'm doing good. I was. Uh, it was a rough time uh, at home, but I was able to rest. I'm feeling. I'm feeling. I'm feeling decent. I'm. I'm. I'm good and medicated. Good for you. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. Well, on to sports weather traffic. It is currently January eleventh, twenty twenty two, six thirty six a.m. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you're having a better time than I had last week. Uh, starting off with sports in basketball, uh, Bulls were off last night, but they will be playing the Pistons tonight. Same thing with the Suns. They were also off last night, but they will be playing the Raptors tonight in hockey. The Blackhawks will be playing the Blue Jackets tonight as well. They were off last night. Uh, College football season ends last night with a huge win for Georgia against Alabama, 33-18. And uh, let's move on to some weather. It is an absolutely chilly day today in Chicago. Surprise, surprise. Uh, We are looking at 9 degrees this morning uh, with a high of 34 today. And in Phoenix, they're doing significantly better than we are. Currently 50 degrees out there with a high of 73, low of 43 And then moving on to some Chicago traffic here. Uh, We had a clear start this morning. There is currently a a new accident that appeared on 290 by Wolf Road. Uh, We have another accident over here. Um, There's a stalled semi-truck at the I-355 exit 269 uh, ramp. And beyond that, we're looking pretty good this morning. Hopefully nothing new comes up, and that's about it for me.
4: (laughs) Do we have Mr. Joel?
7: Uh, we do have Mr. Joel on the phone. Um, let me, uh, put him on for you.
4: The, uh, say so S&P Futures up 15. So we're individual stocks. We've got the Apple up 141. Somebody stacked, yesterday at one point, uh, Amazon was down like 100 bucks, 110 bucks, and then it came flying back. So, we've had, I mean, you know, we may have, may have some kind of a, a bottom yesterday. You know, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, we, I mean, we won't, we won't know till, uh, obviously till this plays out. But, and, uh, do we have Mr. Joel? We we don't have yeah it doesn't look like, uh, all right well the uh, again the 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 Democrats are
2: trying to shoot, uh, oh hey you're I'm, there but I'm sorry about that oh all right, hey what's up how are you I'm doing super how, how how you doing you guys had a rough week last week huh
4: well the a uh, little bit yeah we had a a couple of COVID bouts and a young lady somebody decided to run into her and uh, so that, that's not good. A, no,
2: she sounded good. She yeah. sounded good. So, uh, what do you want to cover this morning, Chief? Where, uh, wherever
4: you want to go, buddy. I've been I've been talking about the same stuff. Uh, uh, I mean, the the economy. What, what do you make of uh, this other guy quitting the Fed?
2: Uh, well, well, supposed to be done in two weeks, anyways, right? Okay. From what? Yeah, so they kind of pushed him out the door. I mean market's not making much of it i think uh more about the fed uh today if you're you know a short term trader you like to follow the fundamentals uh you do have uh pump and powell uh getting his confirmation hearing today so i'm sure the uh, high frequency traders and algorithms will be keying on anything that he says regarding the virus or the future course of interest rates now you have Goldman Sachs, Jamie Diamond, and people now calling for four interest rate hikes in, uh, you know, in 22. Uh, they say they're data dependent. Uh, I think they're market dependent. If the market holds up okay, they might do the, the two to three to four hikes. I think if the market starts to come unraveled, then they'll ease up on uh, uh, the
3: gas tunnel.
4: Um, Joel, in, in your opinion, you've been around A while. I mean, I'm not going to say you're over 29, but um, how exactly, if they put the two-headed monster of Joel in chief in charge of the Fed tomorrow, how in God's name do you rectify this abortion of a mistake for the last 15 years of putting too much money into the system, the incredible amount of inflation that's already in the system, and now it's 10% even by your own stupid numbers, how do you possibly equate that with maybe a one percent rise in interest next year, and not disturbing the market, how do you do both things? How do you, how do you learn how
2: to swim and stay dry? Oh yeah, you well, Chief, you always you always, uh, you always pose the difficult question. Uh, since I took economics pass fail, and I barely passed it, uh, my opinion is probably not worth a whole hell of a lot. Uh, but I think what you have to do is you have to balance, and what he's trying to do is balance the, you know, the rise in interest rates without hurting, stopping growth in the economy. Because the last thing that you can have is, you know, a stagflation period. So maybe I would, I would increase the pace a little bit. I think what the market is not so worried about right now as far as, uh, I mean, interest rates going up, it's just that, you know, getting rid of these bonds, you know, I mean, it, that, you know, just the, uh, the huge amount of bonds that the Fed has to unload. So I, I think that, you know, is what people are more worried about than the, uh, than the actual, uh, interest rate hikes. But, you know, maybe speed up the pace a little bit. What I think he's doing is he's talking about speeding up the pace. But he's praying for you know for some of these supply clouds you know to uh you know supply chain issues to to abate and kind of bail them out. I, I I don't think if I was there I'd be able to give them any different advice than the current path he's following.
4: Well, they, they've got themselves in a trap to where they're responsible yep. for maintaining stocks at seventy times revenue and one hundred and fifty times earnings. It's not their job, and 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 it's nobody's job, and and, and it's a. It's it's a job that is going. It always has a bad end, no matter who you are. Yeah.
2: Well, I think you see that that a lot of that fluff has come out of the market, and a lot of issues. I mean, yeah, the S and P index is you know near an all time high within a couple percentage points, but you to talk to a lot of people. Some of the stocks in their portfolio, they're nowhere near that. So as far as you know, taking that, you know, taking the bubble out of those stocks. I think that whether it's Fed actions or investor awakening, uh, that has taken place. So I think that is a positive thing, and the uh, we we'll move into the, you know to the value stocks. Have you seen Berkshire Hathaway lately? Yeah. I mean, holy macro. So I think they they've done that. Uh, they've done that in their own little way.
4: Well, it becomes a matter of. And i said what I don't want to have happen and i don't know well, I can't stop it is i don't, i mean I don't want to see you know two thousand where where people would say stuff like uh gee, you know uh, Cisco might be a little frothy at sixty four you know I could see it you know ten percent pullback it went to six you know we're not we're not i mean i don't, i don't want to see start seeing that kind of stuff happen and yet there's there's stocks that i you know if if they're for three fifty and all of a sudden they're trading 320 and 48 swinging it. E. It's come on TV telling you what a bargain it is because it's down 30 bucks. When well, I wouldn't give you 50 for it. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, not, you're right. There aren't very many of those now, and there's less than there were because we have seen some some rationale come into a lot of these areas to where some of these things might actually be a buy. Uh, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, we're, we we we've been doing this for so long, we don't even know how to price stuff. I don't think
2: exactly and, and 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 you know we talk a lot about this on you know pre market prep. you know the the fundamentals don't matter until they matter, and they're mattering now and uh you know if you go back and you look at the the path of two thousand two thousand and one, uh we're kind of following you know a similar you know path you had you know the initial bubble burst and then you had you know these comeback rallies and uh when I noticed like last week A little bit different on Monday was, you know, last week, you know, we had some pretty good intraday declines. And then we try and float back during the day. And then, like, you know, that last 10, 15 minutes when they're, you know, when the big money comes back in, you know, we had some pretty, pretty big declines. And then Monday that crescendoed into just selling on weakness. Now that didn't happen yesterday. You had the reverse effect where. You know, it was a a tremendous rally off the lows. So you're right. We're right back where we were on Thursday, just a little bit above that level. We've taken back half of this move. Uh, Today, we'll probably chop around quite a bit. CPI tomorrow. Um, And then you start to get some more fundamental information later in the week with uh, Delta Airlines kicking off earnings season and uh, JP Morgan and the banks on Friday. So... Well, the market's taking a big sigh of relief here, and I think they're looking just to get to that get to Q Q four earnings season.
4: Well, I, I'm becoming so so sinister. not sinister, but uh, jaded by every every time. And I've talked to you about this before. We're, we're not much time, but it seems like every time the Fed talks, that's the week they pour a bunch of money in. I, I'm a, I'll, I'll bet you a, an adult beverage that. Uh, uh when this at the end of this week with him in front of the Senate we're gonna find it was a big a big uh poor money in week for the Fed. Starting yeah, with, well, starting that would Israel. be contrary
2: to what they're saying and that that will be that will be very disappointing. But uh just to, to end it, uh we didn't get to speak last week after the uh thrashing by Georgia and uh just to tell you, Chief, uh I was watching that game on uh, New Year's Eve with uh with my New Year's Eve night with my, my daughter and my my wife and I tell you those Georgia players walked out there and that 360 three yeah. sixty, four eight forty. I mean, I was scared. I was hiding it under my couch. I mean yeah. just far better athletes and stronger. You, so. you guys you And they beat Bama, two. so yeah, I'm, you're I'm not too happy with the season and Harbaugh's not going to Chicago. Just put okay. that out there in Chicago we don't land, want him. okay? We're, We're want not him. getting Harbaugh, okay? You,
4: you can you can keep them. You guys are number two. S and P futures up eleven. S P's up fifty eight. Be right back, Kenny Pocarry.
7: 3456 that's seven zero eight three four nine three four five six. or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com that's myhomesourcerealty.com Stocks
1: Jocks,
8: jocks. Stocks and Jocks You are out of control right here. Right now Right here
1: Right now, right now. Well-
4: well, right back, Sash and Jack, sometime out. p features up twelve, NASDAQ features up fifty eight. We have Mr. Kenny? We do, we do. Uh, how are you, buddy? Uh, are you proud of me? I didn't uh as our, our friend Brendan says he's building a house in Michigan, I didn't have the nerve to tell him uh, I didn't want to bust his bubble on a Tuesday morning that over the past three months drywall prices are up twenty two percent. Yeah. <laughs> if I let that out on his own, do. I don't I don't have to drop that uh, bomb on him while he's drinking his coffee.
3: Well, you know, it's so funny, because uh, my wife and I were looking to buy a place down here in Florida, so we debated, should we buy a place that needs to be renovated, or should we just buy a place that's already renovated, and we went back and forth with it, and I just decided that I didn't want to take the chance of buying a place that needs to be renovated, and then getting caught in not only, you know, skyrocketing prices for everything, but then the supply chain shortage, and then worker shortage, and then be stuck without a place to live for, you know, six months or eight months, um, which made no sense to us, so... Uh, I, I went the other
4: route. Well, my uh, significant other showed a house yesterday, uh, listed for a million two, and uh, it was a guy that actually, you and I, we were, may have heard of him, not, not as a trader, but as an architect, and he built, he built a lot of it, uh, or his guys, his guys, and uh, she says, you know, it's a big place. So I mean, it's you know, it's got a big uh, entertainment room. Or if you do have a bunch of kids, you don't need. But anyway, but she says the weird part. She goes, I, I I would bet to recreate it today. It's a minimum million seven, million eight. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's scary. I mean, it's all, we almost have to wonder if your if your insurance is enough on your house. I mean, if it, you if, if God help you, if you ever did have a fire or hurricane, I mean, it costs to replace it. I don't know, I think it's close to what you paid for the place. Uh, I mean, I got to
3: tell you, I continue to be stunned down here in Florida. I got a buddy of mine who just built a brand new house. He's a builder himself, so he built it. It's a gorgeous house. It's probably maybe it's 4,000 square feet. It's four bedrooms. It's well, you know, huge, four bedrooms man. with en suites. It's a beautiful, typical Floridian, one-level home, gorgeous backyard, blah, blah, blah. The thing costs him about $2.5 to build, land included, right, because he owned the land. $2.5 to build. You realize he was just putting the finishing touches, and the real estate agent came up to him and said to him that he's got someone willing to pay him seven million dollars for this house just because he wants the he needs it and he wants the house. And this guy said to me, "What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have the bid." <laughs> Are a, you kidding me. I mean, it's like stupid. It's absolute stupidity.
4: Uh, can That's I, I talk to a real, real quick story? Because I mean, you you'll understand that I, I love talking to you because. For a lot of reasons, but mainly because you you not only well, but you have the experience of the New York floor. You know what's going on in the market, but you also are able to talk to every man, and you and I can talk drywall with you. Where most people, market people, they wouldn't know what I was talking about, right? But 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 you do. And uh, so I was talking to this guy last night who uh, runs the parking lots around here and so forth. And uh, anyway, nice guy. I've known him forever. And he says to me, okay, you gotta tell me, how, how is it that some of this stuff th- doesn't matter what people pay for it? And I said, uh, his name is Mark. I said, Mark, you have You're to. are going understand- in and
3: out of me. I can hardly oh, I, hear
4: you. I said, well, yeah, you, you are a little bit too. Huh? I mean, I, I said, Mark, you have, you have to understand that the, when, when money comes into the system that the Fed puts in, it never comes in evenly. Some people right. end up with it, and some people don't. I mean, there's going to be people who are are, are, are bitching at the price of chicken went up four cents because they haven't gotten a raise, in God knows how long. Other people, you know, worked the entire way through the COVID, got a half a million dollar PPP check, and they are wondering where right. going to spend it. Those are the people right. that you know. If you walk by their house and they say, "I got a I got a deal for you," they will give you twenty grand just just for laughs. You know, because right. I got five hundred, know what to do it. It's, it doesn't come in evenly. That's why you you find. The, the cost of, you know, uh, maybe antique cars, all those kinds of things go up when it looks like everybody else is hurting. You know, that's why, God, right, somebody sent me this thing years ago, Kenny, and it was one yeah. of the, one of they look at as, as, as the economy getting more and more split apart was the high, the price of high-cost high, high cost hookers versus low-cost hookers <laughs> and how the high-end call girls were going higher and higher this one year. This is about five years ago, and the price of streetwalkers is going down, down, down because nobody could afford it. I mean, it's scary, but but talk about economics at its best, huh? I mean, uh,
3: that's unbelievable.
4: But yeah, I mean, yeah. so so the stuff in Florida is still going off the chart that high, huh?
3: It it, it and I got to tell you, this house is even on the water. This is inland a little bit. It's not way far inland, but it's not on the intercoastal. It's not on the ocean. It's in a beautiful community. But I mean, it's it, it's crazy. But look, I see that. Uh, I mean, what it feels like down here is that yes, the real estate market in Florida continues to be. Uh, on fire, right? There are still people moving down here on a daily basis and deciding that they don't want, you know, they want out of some of these northeastern states that are being run into the ground that, you know, spinning out of control and life down here is not so bad, by the way. Um, and so I think, you know, that's going to continue to keep prices elevated, especially if you're either on or near the water, your price is going to remain elevated. Even if the market slows down a bit, my sense is, um, with, with rates go- creeping up a little bit, certainly that should help to, Slow, um, the, the speed at which prices are appreciating. But if you're on or near the water, um, you know you're, you're in a pretty good spot.
4: Are you? You're on the intercoastal, right? Yeah. So you, how far are you from? Uh, how long of a trek is it to get to the ocean? Uh,
3: about four minutes.
4: Oh, all right. So you're you got to go through a bridge and all that stuff, or?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, uh, yeah. Well, we're on the intercoastal, so we're on the other side of the bridge already. I just have to cross. Uh, cross A1A And then I'm on the ocean side Okay
4: Fair enough That's, that's cool The uh, Yeah It's
3: beautiful
4: Are there sharks in the intercoastal?
3: Uh, I don't know Because you don't really swim in the intercoastal no, you I know, mean you, you might You might You know do, you, Use jet skis and all that stuff But you are not like swimming in the intercoastal But There's more manatee Not sharks There's more manatee in the intercoastal But um, uh, You know There's plenty of sharks out in the ocean
4: <laughs> God the, what, So what, what do you think Uh do uh, you think Paul's going to have any trouble?
3: What being renominated? Yeah. Absolutely not. He's already. Been, you mean passing the Senate vote? Yeah. No, I don't think he's going to have any trouble at all. I think he's going to. I think there'll be you know there'll be the usual dissenters just because somebody has to dissent. But I think that he's you know I think he's locked and loaded. Um, and and uh, I think you know that he's locked and loaded because you know they they had Goldman leak that whole story yesterday about oh there's going to be four rate hikes and we have to be prepared blah 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 which caused the turmoil in the market. But you and I have been talking about this for a while, and I've been saying it for a while. I was absolutely waiting, not only for the new year, but waiting until he was locked and loaded. And I think he is locked and loaded, which allows him then to become a little bit more aggressive. And then you see what happens in the market. So I think he is. I think Bra Brain is locked and loaded. Um, and look, uh, Biden's got three opportunities to to nominate either moderate or left-leaning um, uh people for those three open positions. So that will that will tone it down a little bit. But look, he's gonna have to do what he's gonna have to do. And you and I have been saying it all along. He's probably six or seven months late for the party. He should have started moving on race and tapering much sooner than now because now he's got his he's got the you know he's got a he's got a flame up his backside and now he's gonna do everything very quickly versus versus doing it the way he said he was going to do it, which was slow and methodical not to disrupt he, the markets are to disrupt the, the financial markets, and look what's happening. He's doing exactly what he said he wasn't going to do because now he's forced to do it.
4: Well, but he—it's
3: completely spun out of control.
4: But he's um, there. Doesn't seem to be any any respect at all about uh, he's he's going to start it. He's been talking about it now since he's talked about it. He's probably put three hundred billion dollars back on the balance sheet into the yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's not like they're doing any. You know, it, it, you know, it's not like we're worried about the the rain coming in the window. We haven't made a move to close the window yet.
3: Right. Well, he's on the one hand. I mean, what are they doing? They're taking it out of one pocket and just putting another because they have slowed down the bond buying process. Yet they continue to add money the other way. Right? right. So they're really you know taking it out the front door and bringing it in the back door again.
4: Which is what we talked about last time we were in. That just oh, because yeah. they're, just because they're going to stop the tapering or do the tapering yeah. and the ban- and the other asset buying doesn't mean they can't make up for it by buying more treasures.
3: Exactly right. So now the question is going to be, you know, what's really going to happen now is they start to try to reduce the balance sheet and end and the tapering and sooner and raise rates. How are, they, how are they going to stay to doing all that and continue to bring, you know, money in the back door? That's going to be interesting to see, which is why I think not only do you see yesterday's volatility, but you're going to see, you know, volatility in the day ahead. Again, it doesn't mean panic. It just means understand that that's What's going to happen? So prepare yourself for uh, the, the coming volatility.
4: What did they? What little secret got out yesterday morning about eleven fifteen to turn the market?
3: Well, was, well, I think there were two things. I think the Goldman secret came out in the morning. They put Goldman up to it. You know, they needed somebody else to kind of toss that balloon out there and float it. So Goldman came out with the you know four rate hikes and we're going to have to reduce it faster and tapers and and then they brought Jamie Dimon out to counterbalance and say, look. Um, yes, it might be rough and yes, rate hikes, uh, are coming, but the economy is strong and it's going to be the best year ever and everyone should just come down. And at that point, you know, they started to go after, uh, certainly the NASDAQ because that was down almost eight and a half percent, uh, by 11 o'clock yesterday yeah. from the start of the year. And so there were plenty of people sniffing around for opportunities there. Uh, they took the S&P up, you see, because the S&P is very NASDAQ heavy as well. So the S&P rallied right back. But down the transports and the Russell remained under some pressure, but certainly off their lows. But I think it was. I think that's what it was. Do like, you think it was something different?
4: Well, I just. I, I, I think that they just continue to to pour money in when they say they're not. And and every time, yeah, yeah, get, okay,
3: yeah, okay, and that's true. But uh, that's true. But you see, that's not that's not out there publicly to see. I think when they when they paraded Jamie Dimon out after Goldman created. The hysteria in the morning, then they have to try to get another face that's calming out there. And Jamie is a great person to do that, right? He's oh, yeah. very methodical. People like him. He's a great CEO. The bank has done very well. Um, and so, you know, he's a calming voice. And, and he's realistic because he does say, look, th- there is going to be volatility. And yes, and, and he even said maybe rates have to go up more than 14. Well, percent. what Jamie said. I mean, but,
4: Kenny, anybody who's, who's had, we got a dash over, any, anybody who's ever taken Economics 101. Knows that if you had one point to the half a point it is now, one and a half points doesn't, doesn't fight any sort of inflation. No, which even is, close. Which you
3: know? is why I think it's all baloney, which is why I think you're going to start to see even bigger the, the increases aren't going to be these 25 basis points that they said. They're prepared. I think they're going to be bigger. I think they're going to be half point increases.
4: That's what I think. I think to so be. too. Kenny, thank you very much. Good to hear you, hear your voice again. We, after last week, but enjoy yourself down there. <laughs> SP Futures only all up right, eight now. Know. NASDAQ is up 40. Be right back. Stocks
2: and Jacks.
0: This self-directed thing is a lonely job.
7: one dollar minimum a trade
2: our clients at pti pro direct can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general we trade every day we love this stuff
7: that's what i like most about pti ProDirect: cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders it's the best of
1: both worlds
2: tell your friends that's ptiprodirect.com ptiprodirect.com
1: the Homer Broadcasting System is on the air!
4: Stocks, and jocks, Jacks.
1: stocks and jocks. You are
2: out of control! Right here, right now, right here,
1: right
4: now, right now. I will Station Jacks, I'm talking about Eliani Nascimento on the board. We're gonna have to shorten that up a little bit. Uh. Oh, you can
7: you can just call me Ellie if you want. All
4: right, we can do that. Sound yeah. good? Yeah. The, the last one was uh, Angelinka of We we had to go with Av for her.
7: Yeah. Someone on Twitter said you should just call her Ellie Mae and I was like,
4: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Ellie May's Ellie May's dead, unfortunately, isn't she?
7: She is very much so. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> woman though. Oh God,
5: gotcha. yeah. remembers Ellie
4: May? Oh yeah. It's a uh, she. She uh, went back to, uh, to had a place and she took care of her critters. Yes, she did. Yeah, she's adorable.
5: Oh, yes. that's right, she did,
4: yeah. Yeah. Donna Douglas, right? That's the one. Yeah. I, well, I, I remember the name. She was, uh, the, one, the only one still alive, Jethro's still alive, isn't he?
1: Um. Buddy Epson, not Buddy
4: Epson, what was his name? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Buddy Epson was... a. Lodine. Uh, uh, Jethro, yeah, what was his name? Uh, Don't know. He was, what do you want to be, a, either a, a double knot spy, a brain surgeon, what was the other one? The three things he wanted to be, he couldn't figure out which one? An astronaut, wasn't it? Pretty wasn't an astronaut a cool. double nut spy or a neurosurgeon? <laughs> Those were the three things he, he, he thought he was going to be when he grew up or something. Yeah, maybe an
7: astronaut even.
4: Yeah, well, I think an astronaut was in there. Um,
7: yeah, astronaut was one. Sir, he wanted to be a neurosurgeon. Going to be all kinds of things. I
4: remember a double knot spy. It wasn't, you know, double double-zero was a double knot.
7: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, how are you, Jeff? Good to hear from you. Uh, boy, it was so much fun to have Mike on yesterday.
5: After oh, it's, yeah, it's good to have him back, right? Well, yeah, good to talk you, Chief. How are you? It's nice a, I'm to I'm meet good. you, Ellie.
4: Ellie May. Yeah.
7: Thank <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Is that my new nickname now? <laughs> might,
4: it Ellie might may yeah, may you be. You up. don't want to brought it up. You know, you can have my money, but, but yourself.
7: I know, right? Well, if it's, if I'm Ellie May, I must be gorgeous. <laughs> well,
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that uh, a no comment. I would I would put you in that category. We're not supposed to do that in this day.
7: Well, damn. <laughs> are <We're> not supposed <laughs> to do that
4: this day and age, you know. Appreciate it. Certainly has a bubbling personality, should we say, Jeff.
7: Uh uh-huh.
5: Gorgeous, gorgeous personality yes. That's all you need,
4: and, uh-huh. and and the rest is pretty darn good too. Just saying, you know.
7: Ah, uh, thanks, Jeff.
4: Um. So what what what's going on in the, in the new year? We've had an ice storm. We've had a a COVID binge in the <laughs> on the station here. We've had a, a, a car accident. Uh hopefully your start of your year has been good, Jeff.
5: Well, like everybody, uh, you know, everyone around me has COVID. Somehow, I've been a little Teflon. So, uh, so all good, you know.
4: Uh, How about you? I,
5: I don't recall, Chief. Have you managed to uh, contact ha- COVID? I had it a 20? year ago,
4: October. Yeah, And I was, uh uh my doctor told me, do not get any vaccinations for eight months because you've got it yourself. and That's the time until he thought maybe it was wearing off. And so I went and got it after eight months. And he said, don't get a booster until they change it for the new variant. So I haven't yet. I, uh... Good. I was
5: just reading. I'm literally; it's in front of me right now on, on my screen. Uh, the Brownstone Institute just released some new data that was looking at the uh, efficacy of the vaccine over the second dose. And according to the largest study done to date, as I look at it right now, the second dose dips below 49 percent effectiveness level. That is the point at which it would not have been approved, right? Right. had it been, you know, even approved at all. That occurs at 2.20, I'm looking at the days. That occurs at 270, no, no, I'm sorry, at 190 days. At 190 days, it dips below. The, so so obviously that makes the case on, on a booster. However, the booster now appears to wane effectiveness below the 49% effectiveness level on an average of, let's see, and this is from the largest study out of Denmark, or the largest study, which happens to be in Denmark, that also appears to be 175 to 200 days. So so that's obviously troublesome, unless we all want to be on the path to perpetual vac- vaccination. Um, and I guess uh, the most compelling thing, I, I think the most compelling thing I've seen, and sorry to jump right into this, but... Was uh, Rand Paul questioning uh, the attorney for the NIH yesterday? Uh, apparently, it goes five or six days back, but I just saw the clip of it. Um, and the bottom line there is that the largest study ever done on Omicron and vaccine effectiveness shows that you are seven to eleven times more likely to have to catch Omicron if you have been vaccinated with a booster as opposed to with natural immunity. So natural immunity is 7 to 11, 7 to 10 or 7 to 11 times more effective than a booster.
4: Um, so Jeff, I was going to want
5: to give Novak Djokovic a hard time, and believe me, I'd love to see him sit in that hotel room and let Rafa take the 21st title at the Australian and, and take the lead before he retires. But uh, the man is right. If he just recently had COVID, which he did, his natural immunity is much stronger than anything anyway could stick in his arm. Uh-huh. And all the data and all the facts suggest that. So so this game has got to end, you know, this, this nonsense. You know, when you see that Rochelle uh, Walensky, I believe is her name, the CDC person, who, by the way, has done so poorly, she's been in media training now for the last two months because she just does not know how to handle this. Because she's hiding the facts. She's she's lying on a regular basis. And the way that every answer to her goes back to vaccination as opposed to speaking to the truths about natural immunity. Of course I'm fully vaccinated, boosted, so I'm not gonna say another word about that because God forbid you raise any doubt and people want to claim that you're some sort of a uh,
4: flat
5: earther or anti vaxxer.
4: Right so we don't mind but we're not
5: speaking to the data and it's really I think people are losing on all sides of what's been a part of this issue, people are really, really losing it.
4: Um, not
5: standing for it.
4: Snap right there for a second, because I'm going to ask you a question you don't want me to ask. Um,
5: sure, I like those.
4: Um, Michelle Smith, my alder person, just sent out a thing last week regarding, uh, and it's all this data is not the same data, but it's it's starting to pour into the same the same saucer, if you if you if you know what I mean she came out and said in our district which is the 43rd ward which is basically yuppie Lincoln Park uh i said well at one point we were the highest vaxed district ward in the city and now several months later we have more cases of covid than any other spot and the because we got to like 80% vax whatever number she had never I forget now the the issue is the other 20% of the people and i you know as you know we have we have uh carl has been on, on the way opposite end on this thing that of giving people vaccinations after they already had covid a screws up the vaccine and screws up your natural immunity in a lot of people or could very well do that it's happened before and lou is actually has a lawsuit against the government where he's the lead guy saying that that the a it hasn't even really been approved here which you can't say even though it hasn't uh and, it, and by the way, you're giving this to guys, people that are 25 years old that have already had it, and you're, you're messing them up in the Army. And uh, what has to happen? I mean, the amount of deaths this year are way off the chart above any sort of expectations versus last year. Um, one of my uh, good friends, her dad just died. Of course, he's in a hospital in the southwest side, and he now has, he had COVID, right? But he had all kinds of, the guy's 95 years old, and he was a mess. Strong as an axe, but it was a mess when he you know when most people are when you die right that's why you die and uh they didn't want to let him out to home and hospice, i'm thinking because they want their bonus. the hospital is a is awash with covid uh, and she can't even get a spot in the Catholic Church for like a week for a funeral because there's so many people dying. When are we going to sit back and say are we, are we causing some of this? I mean is it possible that that uh that Carl could be right? I mean, the the numbers like you just brought up, Jeff. Well, the, the he's num-
5: been right for a long time, and, and it's this is something that a lot of people have really known. This is not news. That's what's so frustrating to me about all this. So let, let's break down a couple of things you just said, and I'm glad I was able to avoid the overuse unpack. But, but uh, first of all, deaths aren't way up, right? I mean, there's one thing that's conclusive, and that is that on a per on a, on a percentage basis of infection. Oh, no, stop yeah, stop. Sorry. Sorry. I
4: did, I did not Yeah. I am talking about uh,
5: the uh, overall cumulative total. Yeah. Cumulative
4: right. total of, of deaths of all of all it is, real, is is a crazy
5: high number. It's crazy high number. But yeah, but relative to delta on the curve are lower yes. and flatlined and, and so there's nothing about this that's more deadly. It's far more contagious of course, but but we're starting to realize that if this is Israeli study, the largest one done, with two and a half million people that shows natural immunity is stronger than, seven to nine times stronger than a booster shot, if that is true and we're in a highly contagious phase, you just got to look at that as a good thing. That's a good thing. And I'm sorry for those who that, for some reason, that's politically inconvenient. But it's a good thing. So that's the first point. The second thing you have to break out before you address your question is Michelle Walensky, yesterday or within the last three days, specifically acknowledged that about one third of all COVID cases, with air quotes around that, COVID cases, those people who have been reported dead had an average of four other comorbidities. And if there's nothing else to do, that's a drop-the-mic moment. Drop the mic, pick up Google, type in the search. If one-third of all deaths of the 600,000-plus that you just referred to had an average of four other comorbidities, and in New York State that number is 43%, what are we talking about here? Now, why do we continue? Listen, you know, if, <laughs> I think this is the big lie. You know we hear the talk about the big lie all the time this is the big lie know that it wasn't deadly know that it's not a national and global health crisis but our response has been a big lie and the facts have been a big lie
2: so let's go back one more time
5: 43 percent of all deaths reported in new york had an average of four other comorbidities
4: well at one point one Jeff,
5: nationwide.
4: Well at one point, uh Jeff, I'm gonna say a year ago this time, Ohio had like at one point they were seventy percent of all their deaths were nursing homes. Num- right. That number uh, never got yeah, out.
5: Yeah, yeah. And so so something that we've known from the beginning that so it gets to your question, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And what we knew a year and a half ago is if you're old and if you have comorbidities and if you're obese you got to stay home. Not, not kids in school, not people going to the work in their 20s and 30s and 40s and going to their jobs. Those are the people who we have to develop special care for and prioritize their care and figure out how to well, keep them safe.
4: Also, there's, there's and, a certain and that's amount what of,
5: should have been done from the beginning. But
4: there's also a certain so, amount of common sense... Um, I, th- I think in it, in but, company,
5: but but let me stop, and I, I don't mean to no. Step on you Because you're the host You are the chief You are the boss
4: um, You are a co-host Stopping right there what,
5: Why can't Why hasn't that been done And you ask the question What will have to be done People have to start Getting angry you Stop pu- putting up With this bullshit Yeah you know, I, I, it's, I, it's just
3: ridiculous
4: Well it's uh, They still haven't really Told everybody Who has the uh, The real dangerous Como you know other issues, and I well, I read something from Britain, and I don't know why I can't find it again. Probably, but they they labeled. Of course, I I, I ran out of gas after the first one or two, Jeff, because I I don't know the biological terms. But if you if you go on your DNA, if you find there's there's a bunch of different kinds of diabetes, right? There's one if you just get too big and, and drink too much you, and if you stop if you lose some weight and get rid of the drinking you, 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 you drop off that that's type 2 and anyway, then there's there's the one where you plain just you flat out have it it's in your DNA right where you just have a problem uh, that piece you're very susceptible to death with COVID I mean you're, it's a big problem uh, also if you have the same gene that causes uh, the ladies to get breast cancer for some reason that that's a problem with COVID I, I have no idea why and then the next eight of them, I couldn't, I couldn't even understand the, whatever uh, gene they were talking about. So there's, there's specific things that people have. And the weird right. part of the study is every single person with a, with a different gene issue that the COVID should have been treated differently. Right. I've, I've not heard of anything like that here because no. we, 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 we decided to not do the treatment thing. Fauci was not a no, treatment guy. They, He's a vaccine. Uh, decision uh, by the administration uh, not it, to uh, pursue
5: uh, therapeutics in favor of vaccination that came out in the vanity fair article two weeks ago
4: but a conscious
5: decision so why don't we have the testing kits and all that because the proposal was in front of them and they made the condition the decision to prioritize resources to mobilize vaccination on a national national basis as opposed to targeted therapeutics which is what you're speaking to or or making testing widely available now look at now look at the cost of this. <laughs> Here we are at, the, at what appears to be, by every every sane assessment of the data, an actual peak, and now we're going to ramp up the cost for the free kits for everybody, free testing kits. Where's that money? Well, I mean,
4: down. what it what it, at some point when you have I, I went to breakfast at and on Sunday. So she got she got stiffed uh, Saturday night because the ice storm. She didn't get her dinner, so I said, "Okay, I'll take you to breakfast." Um, so we went out, and uh, next to, next to the breakfast place is a testing center, right? And they, they're out of the good tests, and they all they got is the other ones, they, the rapid tests. Which Jeff, how do you, how do you continue to have half a million people that aren't sick taking a test that is a ten or twelve percent false positive? That's fifty thousand people every day running around thinking they got something they don't. Right. I mean, I, we we we've got to stop that. I mean, if you're not sick, you're not sick. Unless you're going to visit your your grandma in the nursing home, what are you doing? I mean, I. But I guess my question is: is is there a chance? And I sure as hell hope at the end of the day, Carl is wrong. Is there a chance? Uh, and I'm, I'm getting serious on this on this death thing. The guy from uh, who's the big reinsurance life insurance reinsurance firm in Indiana. Uh, somebody in Indianapolis yep. anyway the chairman comes out and he goes we 're paying out forty percent more than actuarial in every age group twenty five hmm. to thirty five he goes y- we could we could be in a war or have an asteroid hit the place, and it wouldn 't be this far over sure i mean is is there a chance i am just lobbing one out there is this vaccine hurting people
3: well
5: it's. I'll only answer that theoretically, because I certainly can't answer the other question, nor would pretend to have the data to make that conclusion. But the focus on the vaccine is hurting people. It's hurting our care. It's distracting our resources from a more targeted therapeutic plan. It's it's taking our investment in the wrong direction. It's causing political division, and it's it's hurting the country. Yes.
4: Well, I'm no. What I'm, I'm talking about.
5: I know. I know it was. That was a dodge. Well, but, but, but uh, my
4: my view right now is some combination of uh, when people were, were locked at home. Some combination of drug problems. Some combination of people are just in a nursing home is dying because they can't go visit the person next door in a room next to them. Uh, no no communal dinners. I think a lot of the socialization causes people to not want to live as much. I think that uh, the alcohol. Record year in booze, drugs, that's a problem. I think an awful lot of people couldn't get into hospitals for routine stuff. I would guess my estimation, again with no data, would be that's probably the biggest single issue. A lot of people might have had a lump, they might have had a mole, screw it, I can't get in the hospital, they waited six months, and now they got a problem. You know, I, I, I'm hoping, hoping, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that that's what's causing these excessive amount of deaths some combination of all that stuff, which should be temporary. I'm, but some people, I'm getting some stuff saying, why are we thinking that people have gotten a shot three times now, why are we thinking that that shot isn't hurting them? And some people, I, I my question is, I don't believe that right now, Jeff, but my question to you is, and I don't think you believe that either, but how much worse does it have to get before we at least look at it?
5: Well, I mean, if you want to try to break it down and, and do it unemotionally, you would say that if one third of all COVID deaths were people who had, happened to have COVID, but had a combination of other comorbidities, and those, and COVID then became perhaps the tipping point, let's, let's say that it's, let, let's not under, understate that data and, and, and misread it by saying that they weren't COVID deaths. Because you can still make the case that look, they have these four other, on average, comorbidities, but they were also living. It's like somebody that is, um, like a dear family member who's living with AIDS right now, but and has been for fifteen years, but having recently contracted cancer, that that general weakness from living with it, that cancer is likely going to be the tipping point. So it's hard to say that it has no role. So. You know, I I, I I think that's how you have to kind of look at that data and say, well, then what, you know, what what is the vaccine actually doing then? What's it doing positively for people? What's it not doing for people?
4: Um, well, there's a person, I won't say associated with the show, uh, that had COVID, I'm going to say, a year ago. So it would have been not even the Delta variant, probably the first one. Uh, didn't have a problem with it at all barely barely knew he had it. He or she, I won't even say. And soon thereafter got vaccinated. No, not eight months like I waited, but soon thereafter, like a matter of a few weeks. Got it again and had a and was fairly sick. Now I'm gonna sit there and say, it sure doesn't seem to me that the that the vaccine helped, did the vaccine Somehow interrupt his natural mm-hmm. immune system from, or didn't it, or is it, or maybe it just yeah. happened that the new variant. But I'm saying if this is starting to happen all over the place, and just not the one or two people that I happen to know, I'm going to sit there and say, what are we doing? Why, why are we giving people vaccines after they already had it? I mean, I, I mean, at some point the question has to pop into our head, Jeff. We're not idiots.
5: Well, well, you know, I, and as much as he's being trolled by you know, morons, uh, that's what that's what Djokovic is raising that very question right now. Arguably one of the healthiest men on the planet, right? Yeah. I mean and who then had COVID in December, so his natural immunities would be at an all time high. Right yeah. and he's fighting the good fight. But look look how he's being villainized by the press.
4: Well I mean what,
5: what is what is with our press? I mean what what
4: I don't is know what's
5: going on with them that that they they know that they're just mouthpieces now and not choosing to report actual facts and data anymore. Why is it what I just said earlier today, that 43% of people who died in New York had at least four other comorbidity uh, cases going on with them, even though they were as counted as COVID deaths? And
4: well, and why he, is that not why, well, they, why he, not by in, everybody? In why Europe? don't
5: people know that you are 10 times more likely... To uh, get Omicron, if you've been fully vaxxed with a booster, than if you have natural immunity. Well, even in those he, facts that everybody knows. Well,
4: Jeff, in Europe, uh, in several of the countries, I couldn't rattle them off. If you walk up to a a, a bar, and, the, and they're going with the with the vax standard, if you say I already had it, that's as good as the vax. Now here, we're not doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I don't know how, where your status is here. You might be a little too young for this. I'm going to say, if somebody says, where's your measles vaccine? I'm going to say, I already had it. What do I need a vaccine for? And, they, and, and, no, and nobody questions me. Nobody yeah. says, well, wait, wait you you better go get the vaccination. No, in
5: fact, p- to the contrary, yeah. and let's be explicit about that. If yeah. you had measles, the CDC explicitly tells you not to get the vaccine.
4: Right. And, w- and why all of a sudden, if, if you go online, and why did my doctor tell me to wait eight months? And yet, if you go online and say, when should I get my shot after I had COVID, online, Google's going to tell you within days. Why? Well, I mean, there, there's no reason for that. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I know that. I mean, everybody knows that. I think everybody should know that. Yet, that's what it tells you to do, and they want you to go do that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, Jeff. I, there's a lot of things I'm, I'm looking around here, because we're going to talk, um, after the break here, I want to talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, what's going on with the, the Washington situation and the, the third person is dropping off the Fed for, for, I mean, and yeah. I, uh, you know, I, again, I was talking earlier, because I want to ask you what's in your next magazine, but I, uh, you know, I was appalled by the January 6th routine, uh, people, you know, storming the Capitol and somebody dying. I mean, I, you know, I, I there's, there's nothing that could, nothing, nothing could possibly force me to do something like that. Yeah. Yet, yet I, I also understand mm-hmm. if you listen to people, a lot of the of the angst between left and right has to do with this particular government is not representing anybody I know. I mean, <laughs> whether they're left or right, they're not representing me. I didn't I didn't vote. I mean, how the hell? I mean, I, I, I mean, I have my my uh, representative, you know, Quig- Quigley. Whether I like him or don't doesn't really matter. the The, the fact is, the dude is a pimple on the ass of an elephant in terms of power. And, and I didn't elect Nancy Pelosi. I didn't elect who was who was the Republican guy before her. I didn't I didn't elect, elect Denny Hastert when somebody put him there, knowing, knowing that they had power over him because they knew he chased little boys around. I, where, where does this power come from, from where, that it seems like it has nothing to do with the population? I mean, anybody who thinks this economy is working, it's like somebody coming up and saying, that person's a socialist. Well, what do you think we are now? Well, we're capitalists, no we're not. We're crony capitalists. We're, we're we're some combination of some industries with that are are competitive that you probably can't even name. I probably can't even name them. Uh, and, and we have some combination of monopoly, duopoly, cartel, all over the damn place. That now, I mean, is anybody? I mean, you have to define what you have before you. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't consider this government representative at all. Do I think Joe Biden's in charge? I mean, come on. I mean, I. I, I I don't, I don't, I don't know how to change it, but somehow or another, I mean, Brendan was just talking about it was the Newt Gingrich era, and he he's not on him personally. To where all of a sudden, like the, the some people in Congress have so much power and arrest the them. What do they even do all day? What is the new person that's going to go in instead of Bobby Rush? I mean, what did Bobby Rush do all day? But the new person going, in, so let's say it's the brightest lady or guy around. What, 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 well, they what do they money do? They for
5: their next election.
4: Yeah, but I mean, what, what do they do all day? They're, they're just a Democratic they vote? They raise
5: money for their next election. One-third of all hours spent on Capitol Hill by elected officials is raising money uh, well, okay. for their next next election. I,
4: I That part, I'll, I guess I have to accept. But the other two-thirds, does, does, <laughs> does Nancy Pelosi care at all what this new lady or guy thinks? Or even wants to talk to him? Can he even get an audience with him? What makes... Her, her, the, we gotta go to break here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna soapbox. Uh, <laughs> and you're right with me too. You don't want to put me on there. That's big futures up nine days. If he's up 45, be right back.
8: On newsstands, but you can subscribe for ten free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks.
0: Hello, this is
4: Tom how the chief. Well, now it looks like main interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com.
2: What the field for
4: the, heat. A in the street, Hello, welcome okay, to Stacks and Jacks. Somehow, Eliani well, loves that song, it appears. Uh, the uh, I think we're are we doing traffic weather sports here. I think we are, aren't we?
1: Yeah,
7: we're doing a uh, traffic weather sports. Okay.
4: The, uh, I was going to actually get you guys a... Uh, a new song, the, the, or not for that spot, I love Buffalo Springfield, but uh, Creedence Clearwater, the one about uh, it's, the hurricanes are coming and the whole bit, <laughs> I don't know, uh, we're, we're appropriate yesterday morning with the market now, not so much today, the market's up, everybody's happy today. S&P futures up 11, NASDAQ futures up 57, huge comeback from yesterday and we're still on, on the plus side, so we're probably back up to where we were Friday night, or I could check that exactly. Dow up 42 over in Europe, we've got rallies because they were down yesterday. DAX up 173, 1.1%, FTSE up 45.6, around up 76, that's 1.07. In Asia, uh, the other, the other way there, because they were up yesterday. UK down 256.9%, Shanghai down 26.7, Hang Seng pretty much unchanged, minus 7. Uh, the way of review, yesterday Dow ended up down 162, it was down, I'm gonna say 600 or more. S&P down 674, it was down 85. NASDAQ was positive 6, and it was up, I'm going to say, 270 at least. Uh, with those kind of numbers, I was so busy trading, it was kind of hard to take, keep track. Uh, Ten-year, uh, minus a basis point to 1.77. Uh, Bund, minus point, uh, .04, which again, making its way towards zero. Japan, positive .16. Oil, up 97 cents, 79.20, made a move towards 80, but then fell back. Brent up 94 cents, 81.81. Natural gas down a penny, 406. Our Bob up 2 cents, 230. We got gold up 860, 1807, trying to stay over 1800 this time. Silver up 18 cents, 2264. Copper up 5 cents, 440. Bitcoin bouncing back a little bit up 285, 41,786 after trading under 40,000. What do you guys got for us? Traffic Weather Sports.
7: Alrighty, so so uh, going into sports to start off. Currently, it is January 11, 2022. It is 7.36 a.m. Uh, the Bulls were off last night, uh, but they will be playing the Pistons tonight. Uh, should be a great game. Suns were also off last night, and they will be playing the Raptors tonight. In hockey, the Blackhawks were off last night, but they will be playing the Blue Jackets tonight. Uh, no hockey for any of our friends over in Phoenix. And uh, in college football, season ended last night with a massive win for Georgia against Alabama, 33 to 18. In weather, uh, Chicago, what are we looking at? We're looking at still about 9, 10 degrees at the moment. There will be a high of 34, so I'm hoping that that weather picks up sooner than later. And uh, it is currently about 51 degrees in Phoenix, and that will they will have a high of 73. So they are in much better shape than we are. As far as traffic on the highway, it's relaxing a little bit. Um, we have uh, a major accident on 294 um, North um, coming into I 90, and uh, that's the only major accident that I can see at the moment. So the roads have cleared up a little bit, which is great. And uh, we currently have um, our friend on the line here, and he'll be ready when you are, Chief.
4: So, uh, how do you like how do you like this prediction from like the 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 sixties? The Jeff, you're, you're in the dead. Hope you got your things together. Hope you're quite prepared to die. It looks like a rent for nasty weather. One eye is taken for an eye. Who's that?
5: Mm. Sounds like Dylan. Ill- I don't know.
4: Oh, uh, I'll give you the refrain. I see uh, the bad moon arising. I can see trouble on the way. I see earthquakes. Oh, this is Creedence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How's that for a, for, a, for a nice a nice. how do you do in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but- you wonder yeah, you know. You know, if you actually look at the lyrics on these sixty songs. You wonder who wrote these things. You ever read, ever ever see the lyrics of White Room and the Moody, Moody Blues? It's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, these guys had to be, know, be on some no, kind of serious drugs. In the
5: time I was just listening to Moody Blues uh, uh, over the weekend, but you know, it's so nice to hear something that goes
4: down three minutes. Yeah. Um, well, some of those songs, you wonder how these guys were, were on so much. How did they even sing them? I mean, they're they're real lyrics. I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, something you had to memorize. It's it's yeah, not you know lyrics. So how
5: do you think Ellie did with sports?
4: I think she was uh, the the best ever was uh, Av when because because she, <laughs> she, she hated sports totally didn't have any part. The best the best sports report in Stacks and Jack's history was Bulls lose to Pistons. Chief, who cares? They lose all the time. And what's a piston anyway?
5: Exactly.
4: I, no, it's a, it's a piston. Well, what's a piston?
5: <laughs> Ellie, what team do you track the most? What sport?
7: Well, I'm a Brazilian woman, so I track soccer more than anything. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stereotypes, you know?
5: Did you and, play? And are you Ronaldo or Messi?
7: Um, I'm Ronaldo through and through. I love Messi though. Messi's great. Um, but no, I I didn't play um like anything as far as like soccer in high school. Everyone was too short and too fast for me. So I did volleyball, which is the other Stereotypical sport.
4: <laughs> oh, Brazil's always great in volleyball.
7: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was very, very tall and much leaner than I am now. So <laughs> I was able to take quite a beating when I was younger.
4: I, uh, I, I remember watching in the Summer Olympics, I was a fan of the Brazilian beach volleyball team. I don't know if they were any good or not. I never got to that point.
7: They were incredible. Um, they were, yes, they were. Yeah. They were, they were really <laughs> quite incredible. Um, I haven't kept up with them lately, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Me, it's soccer and, um, and volleyball are very much my things.
4: And, and they were easy on the eyes.
7: Oh, yeah, of course. We're just innately designed to be, you know, stared at.
4: Oh, God. <laughs> well, she can say politically incorrect things I can't uh, in this day and age. Jeff, yeah, I'm just know.
5: trying to trap you in a corner.
4: No, no, you can't. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I, can, I wiggle out of these corners. Jeff, what... Uh, and
5: then what... Well, as long as we're quizzing here, what's your booster vaccine thinking, Al? Oh.
7: Well, um, I'm someone that... Um, is immunocompromised. So I, um, I was, I was home. I was, um, I was, um, living at home. I was laid off from, from work. So, um, I was just waiting to get hired back and I eventually did this year. And so I kind of was keeping an eye on it, seeing what, you know, the conditions were of the vaccines and how people were reacting to them. And as an, amu- as an immunocompromised person, I wanted to obviously have access to it. So I actually just got my booster shot, um, in December of uh, last year and um yeah it's thankfully i haven't had any issues with it i haven't had any horrifying symptoms um i was able to do a a pretty massive new year's eve show in gary indiana with smash mouth and i walked away completely unscathed which is amazing um
4: ellie does uh rack rack stuff and bands and things
7: yeah i do band stuff Oh, like what Um, I'm a lead singer of one band, and I produce music for some local musicians in Chicago. Um, I did um, a collaboration with this one band called And the Animal last year, and that dropped in June, and then um, uh, we did, uh, that was in June of 2019, and then in 2020, I did um, another collaboration with this Afro Jam funk beat type fusion band called ESO. And they excitedly enough played at Millennium Park with that music last year, so that's exciting. Yeah, wonderful,
4: Ellie. Yeah. What's the uh, the state? I haven't. Well, let's put it this way: the, the friends I have in uh, Ogden Dunes, two of the friends aren't talking to each other, right? So the <laughs> you know how okay. that goes. Well, the, but the husband is <laughs> in the music industry, and they they he and his buddies play a lot of uh, graduations, weddings. You know that 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 level of. Uh, they didn't do squat for like a year and a half. Is, is any, is any of that come back or not?
7: Yeah. I mean, when the pandemic first hit, like, you know, we, we thankfully have a very ethical agency that we work with in Chicago. Um, they're called Double D, which is an inconvenient name, but, <laughs> um, thankfully our agencies are really, really ethical. So when the pandemic first hit, the last show we played, I think was like March 7th of 2019. And like, a, like a week and a half later, we were all in shutdown. And so we didn't play a single show until September of that year. But and that was like a heavy security plexiglass, no one can come near us kind of thing. It was kind of intense. So we did, you know, we did two shows just to see what that would look like and it was just too stressful and it, you know, wasn't worth the risk and then we didn't come back until June of 2020. And our shows have been very sparing and I think the most difficult part with all of this especially as, you know, musicians, um we were having issues with people not being able to afford paying us what they were used to affording to pay us so we had to kind of decide you know as a business because we are a business first and foremost is you know deciding do we cave and you know get paid less or or not and we chose not to because we didn't want to set the precedent that we would accept that price if things ever got back to some relative form of normal so we had to be very persnickety with um what venues we chose to play at
4: but most of the venues back open
7: yeah, um most venues are back open. Um you know, we did quite a few festivals um in Chicago last year. Uh like, like we did like Burger Fest and Oktoberfest, which is I think my favorite show of last year. Um it was insane. And it was it was fun. you know. And like thankfully people in Chicago are relatively respectful of each other, you know, and we've I've I've had some interesting shows where um you know, there's obviously different states and different cities have their opinions about how to handle the, you know, the situation that we're in with COVID-19 and it constantly mutating which is obviously very scary so I'd say Chicago is number one in actually handling themselves and uh, no one's perfect you know but you know it's it's been a really huge collaboration between you know uh, Star Events Management and the Chicago Police and our security teams and you know the musicians and the stagehands and the people that come you know everyone's you know trying to do their part and, um, you know, as an artist, I really appreciate people actually making an effort to stay as safe as they can be and actually still support us. And, you know, their excitement that we came back after everything we all went through was, um it was, yeah, it just it melted my heart. <laughs>
4: well, good, yeah, good. Of course.
5: Uh, what's your band's name again?
7: Oh, my band's name is Run Forest Run.
4: Really?
5: Yeah. Run, Run Forest Run?
7: Yeah, like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Run Forest Run.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Do you have a horse? Oh, you have a fo- do you have a forest and the band? Or are you using Forrest Gump?
7: No, it's a it's a reference to ah, okay. uh, to Forrest Gump. It's a it's an uh, all genre inclusive nineties cover band. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Good for you. Thanks.
4: The uh well Jeff, what uh what what do you when you when you see the uh well the, the the money's all over this this COVID and and if I were to make any changes, it it's it's not about it's not about the disease. I just if you were to I think if you you and I, and and, uh, we bring some of the staff here, I mean uh, Ellie Ellie seems pretty darn bright, we might have to include her in some of these, like, when we're going to solve the problems of the world stuff Uh, if you were to take a review of the entire mess day one, when it, I'm going to say I'll I'll go out on a limb here and say, it unintentionally escaped from a lab in Wuhan Uh, if if it went through an an animal, they would have found the animal by now, they haven't They found SARS, what, within several months, which animal it went through to get the humans. These guys are good at this stuff. If they can't find it, I'm saying somebody inadvertently, inadvertently, unintentionally, and without malice, let it escape from the lab, either on their own person or whatever. That's my, my read of this. And all along the way, from China, lying to everybody, to the Center, the World Health Organization, to the CDC, to everybody somehow had a finger stuck up somebody's behind here with, with either money to Wuhan and shouldn't have gone there or something they were embarrassed about. And all along the line, then big pharma got involved and Fauci held up treatment, it appears, in in favor of a vaccine, which is sort of what he did with AIDS years and years ago. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's a, uh, you know, he's a vax guy. Now, Somebody, I think, somewhere, someplace, Jeff, once in my lifetime in this country, somebody should go back and review the whole thing and see all the mistakes that were made. And w- when did Pfizer enter the picture? I mean, how much money is involved? Why Why are they still giving people those disgusting nose uh, things where they stick the thing in the back of your head when they could be using the saliva test, which is just as good and, l- and a lot less, a lot more. Cum- how do these people get involved to the point where, you can't make policy against them, and they they control the agenda. I don't want American Airlines paying Harvard to come up with some stupid story that you're safe on a plane sitting next to somebody, but you but you got to be six feet away on a sidewalk. I, I I don't I don't want that in our system, Jeff. I just don't. I mean, but but do I have any chance of getting anywhere with this? Well,
5: no, likely not. You need. You need political cover, and you know, assuming altruistic motives, you you need to show that you're moving the needle. So, you know, uh, of course, administration is going to you know go to the pharmaceutical community for solutions, and and you know, lots to be said, obviously, for what was accomplished with with warp speed and getting dry. You know, I, I think that's that's another story to be written. Sure, as to w- what we learned that you know we don't have to wait five and you know 6 7 years for things to go through FDA trials and efficacy trials and and by really cutting into that regulation there was really an amazing amazing opportunity to reconfigure what we do from a regulatory standpoint in the medical and pharmaceutical communities by by this case study by saying okay what happens if we really said, <laughs> let's start over with no regulation you know how quickly can we get a solution to 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 market and and, and obviously, you know the story hasn't been fully written. We might find out in five years that uh, we're all taking a very flawed you know solution that had there been more time involved that it could have been either more effective or, or not done any harm if that's indeed a possibility, and I'm not
4: well Jeff, I think that the suggesting that it is
5: just but, but I, you know in short, I think it's a good thing that we we had this opportunity in the case study to learn what we can do if pressed. You know, quickly. So you're going to have to go to outside, you know, what are you going to do? Go to only government researchers? You're going to have to go to no, I agree. people who have conflicts of
4: interest? and I don't, no I, but okay, but now we all know that if if it was your mom, my mom, in a nursing home, um, we were willing to trade away uh, a 20-year study if we think we can make her okay and not die from this next week. Absolutely. We absolutely know that and we're gonna do that and we're gonna make that trade. Now a year later, I'm not gonna start jamming five year old kids with this thing. I, I I won't do it. And yet now all of a sudden that's where we're going. That's a that's a totally different question. Yeah,
5: yeah. And and the uh the willingness of people to uh subject, you know, young children to this
4: is kind of models
5: me. I I'm glad I'm not forced with that that decision um but that's just a It's really interesting that people are so willingly and so trustingly making that decision
4: and enforcing where, it on where there's
5: literally no data set that's right. all i there's mean no there's data no data set there's you can't say after five years you know here's here's the impact that the vaccine has on a five-year-old there's no data
4: no and there's no and plus the amount of of five-year-olds that are dying are very, very. You know, I'm sure there's some somebody somewhere. I mean, there's always somebody somewhere. Uh, what do
5: you What do you think about uh, Justice Sotomayor's um, um, false statement?
4: Uh, by the yes. way, you're the first. You're the third person that told me about it. I didn't hear it. What did she say?
5: She said, and you know, now that they're you know live streaming the Supreme Court proceedings, this is caught on tape for everybody. It's been played over and over again, and, and very searchable. She was speaking to the the overall threat of COVID in her remarks, and making the case that this is a you know a special moment that requires you know special consideration and emergency response. And, and uh, as part of her justification as to why the OSHA rules might allow for the administration to mandate vaccination for healthcare employees that are federally employed or. Corporations that have 100 or more employees in the in in the course of making the case for that, and clearly that's what she was telegraphing was her bias, you know, toward that direction. She said, "Here we are with this unprecedented level with 100,000 children in the hospital, which we've never seen before," and that's not even remotely true. No, you know, the CDC director was on a Sunday news talk show, forced to address Sotomayor's comments, and said, "No." The numbers like thirty five hundred, not one hundred thousand, and in most of those cases, there's other issues at play here with these children.
4: There's uh, and, she, the,
5: and then she went on to make the case that if you are a a child at the age of five versus a vaccinated, you are far safer than you know fully vaxxed uh, senior. Uh, you're far safer from the threat of, of of COVID. Well,
4: the the first month this thing came out and people started dying. Uh, I read some stuff from uh, wherever it came from, Korea or someplace, and it was, if you were under the age of five, the, the normal, five or six, the normal flu is ten times worse for you than COVID. Yeah. If you were somewhere in your late teens, they were about even. By the time you got to over 75, COVID was like 30 times worse than a normal flu. I mean, it was a... I, 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 I can't even, well, I don't know much about disease. Yeah, I look at
5: parsed data like that on a regular basis, like almost daily. I can't speak to that specifically if it's still the case. It certainly was the case. It was the case. And there is, no, there is no way that it would be worse. So even, even if there's been movement there, there is no way that a five-year-old is uh, more threatened by COVID than he would be by a flu as of today Right. with all the data we have. So
4: that still remains. Well, up. We, we've so. we've 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 moved into two areas, and this is what I think. If I ever could have a an adult beverage or a cup of coffee with Justice my ears. We're, we're we're moving into directions where the, these precedents. I don't know. Maybe she wants to go there. Uh, it, it used to be that if you had a flu or something—I mean, not if you had smallpox—that I get. But if you had the flu or something, everybody everybody went to work. Everybody was on the bus with each other, um, you know, there's a chance you're going to get it, or a cold or whatever. You you weren't expected to. But now the story is s- some people think other people have a responsibility to, like, stay away from them or something, or, or they have the ability. You know, they get to full, fall back and get their sandwiches delivered and their, and their mail picked up and their garbage picked up, and they should be able to stay home and other people need to. They're, they're, but now there's an obligation that if there was an OEX pit today, and somebody coughed, you know, a, a red light would land on his head and say you have to leave the pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that that's a direction you have to be very very careful before you you get on that slippery slope. Sure. Because I don't think we're gonna we're we're gonna we're ever gonna get to the point where we we beat the cold or flu. I mean, we might have a uh, you know a flu shot or something, but I mean, if we start going that way, that if if I if I went over to to Pete's Diner, and I heard the cook the cook cough, and a week later I got a cold, I got an action against Pete's Diner. Do we really want to go down that road? I mean, I, you know, I guess if I want to become, uh, get who, who's the guy that, uh, talk about somebody who turned into one of most disgusting creatures on Earth. That was Howard Hughes' gig. Remember, remember reading that story about Howard Hughes? No. Howard Hughes was, uh, uh, he was a Mormon, right? I believe. Not that that, but he, uh, a, 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 not that I, I look at guys very much, but a, a handsome guy, a brilliant guy. He invented, you know, you know, what he uh, invented to this day is it one of the most amazing feats in aviation. No, he invented the flush rivet.
5: The flush ribbon.
4: Rivet. R I V E T. What is that? When you look out on the, on the uh, look out the window oh. and you see the wing of, of the plane. You see all those rivets, and yet yeah. the rivets used to, like a regular rivet, would stand up above the wing. And can you imagine the drag? Sure. He, he invented the flush rivet, where it was flush to the to the surface. And uh, and he and he he was a brilliant aviation engineer. He he put together the spruce goose, which flew what hundred yards or something. But as the guy got over, he became he became so germophobic that he. He sequestered himself, was at the top of the dunes or the desert, and he was the top floor. He had these kind of Mormon weirdo dudes taking care of him. He wouldn't let a doctor near him, so his fingernails were like half a foot long, and his teeth were falling out of his head. He wouldn't let a dentist in, yet if you walked to the bathroom, you had a rolled paper towel down because there was a germ there. And he didn't care if his teeth were falling out of his head. And he ran, he ran this huge, he owned five casinos in Vegas, he was It was this the great story when I first came to the trading floor the uh his company um his his boss or his boss the guy who worked for him, he would send down handwritten notes from the penthouse and he never he never met the guy it was like it was like trading by zoom he never met the guy, so he would send out they were the guy they remember the day they tried to buy a b c you remember this sure yeah and then and then the next day they sold all the stock right you know why he, he watched, yep. he watched the dating game that afternoon, and there was, there was a, 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 you know, a darker skinned, he was, he was Caucasian, but he was a darker skinned guy, and they hooked him up with this girl. And he thought that they hooked up a black guy with a, with a Caucasian girl, didn't want to own any station that would do that, and sold the stock the next day. So the thing, is. the thing ran up on a Tuesday, and I was on a trading, floor. I was on a brown bench, so I couldn't get on a trade ABC. Stack runs up and everyone. Goes, Who the hell's wanting to buy ABC? And all of a sudden, next day, we're right back down again. And the story didn't come out for like months. That it was Howard Hughes, and, and because of the dating game, <laughs> anyway, he, he was a total germaphobe.
5: That's a crazy story.
4: Yeah, and then he. he but uh, strange stuff. Anyway, so what's your next? We got a couple minutes. What's what's the new uh, version? You're supposed well, to be the, fixing uh, all this addiction
5: th- issue. Is out now. It's uh, on newsstands. It's free in digital format. For anybody at GetLuckBox dot com, that has uh, over eighty-eight predictions for the market, sports, media, um, uh, and a long discussion about some of the things we talked about, which is how to get uh, people with uh, diverse political opinions and viewpoints and perspectives to actually collaborate and agree and create policy and actually. Make better forecasts. So it's our annual, third annual prediction issue, and that's at getluckbox.com. That's free. What we're working on right now is the uh, state of art and design. We've, it's an art and design based issue. Obviously, we're looking at NFTs and the art market, the intersection of art and investing. We've just interviewed, uh, Chris Law. He was the head of design at Adidas, Converse, and Bands
4: wow. about
5: the intersection of hip-hop music and its influence on on designing sneakers and sneakers as investments. And then we're looking at uh, Sotheby's and Christie's and why their business models are, are uh, essentially free-call options, you know, in terms of how they approach the sale of a painting. Uh, they've got a good gig, and wow. we're breaking that down as well. So, it's a art and design focused issue, but art, design, investment, and and commerce is the intersection. So, well, that, you know the uh, always free at getluckbox.com, dot com, or or you can pay for it and print on newsstands.
4: Our, our wonderful producer and his lovely bride—well, she's going to have a baby in a few weeks, and they do not know and don't want to know the sex. What's our prediction on that? Are we going to get a little Maddie or a little Jill?
5: Oh, no kidding! Is this her first? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, Matty, eh, he's kind of an alpha male. Maybe he's passing out that alpha. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I, of- I clearly have no basis to make a good forecast there.
4: Well, if you ever met his wife, a little Jill wouldn't be bad.
5: Yeah, okay.
4: Sounds good. <laughs> SP futures, well, now we're down 50 cents. We just ducked a little bit. SP futures down now. We'll see, see what happens today. See if it's as much fun as yesterday. Back tomorrow, Stacks and Jacks.
8: Hamzy Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzy every other Thursday and visit hamzyanalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call
5: 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.